Herbert is being chased, thrown on the run, and it is caught! Touchdown! Keenan Allen! What a grab! That's what I'm talking about! Hey, that's what I'm talking about! That's the Warrior spirit right there, boy! Huge sack by Joey Bosa! 90-yard touchdown! 90-yard touchdown! It's going to be picked off at the 8-yard line by Derwin James. Herbert sets his feet, takes a shot downfield, has Guyton! Caught! Touchdown, Chargers! That's the greatest throw I've ever seen. Oh, 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 baby! Welcome to the Thunder Down on the Chargers podcast. Andy here with Jack and Alistair. Boys, what a way to cap off one heck of a weekend. Woo-hoo. How you feeling? You first, Jack. Tell me how you feeling, brother. Absolutely <laughs> ecstatic, brother, because that's how you have a wedding, and that's how you win a game of football. Woo! <laughs> That's it. And the man of the hour himself, Alistair, mate, what a special, beautiful day for you and your new beautiful wife, Kirsten, on Friday. You must have had an inkling the boys were going to win this one for you. I put it out there. I put out the good vibes. I said just the please, please, God, the cherry on top (laughs) for the weekend, the best weekend of my life and Kirst's life uh, would be the Chargers having an upset win on Sunday Night Football, Herbert vs. Tua. Doesn't get any better. It's just been, yeah, unspeakably brilliant and enjoyable. And get me over to the United States because I want to barbecue some pineapple in Hawaii <laughs> and uh, find some relatives of tour and let them know about the game that um, just went down. <laughs> Very good. I'm sure uh, Kirst will love that. First stop on the honeymoon. All right. As always, guys, thanks everyone for listening, who tunes in, who watches weekly, monthly, whenever you do. We appreciate it. Uh, Please take a moment to give the show a like or a review uh, and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already to get uh, updated on our latest content. Uh, Awesome, awesome win at home for us to get through. Uh, another crucial conference tie against the Tennessee Titans coming coming up at home next Sunday. But... Let's get into it. Los Angeles Chargers 23, Miami Dolphins 17. Season-defining, elimination vibes, primetime football at SoFi Stadium. The league flexed this game to Sunday night, so the Chargers flexed the royal blue uniforms for the powder blues and yellow pants. And boy, ain't that a sexy look for a nationally televised showdown. Look good, feel good, play good. And that's just what the Bolts did out of the gate. Defense getting off the field quickly, Offense looked great on opening drive, but a disappointing play call and execution left points on, off the board. After the change of ends, Dicker make good after last week's jitters, good from 33. Kyle Van Noy finally showing a bit of production, a timely six-yard sack on third down, forcing yet another Dolphins three and out. Strong special teams play on the return by Carter, great field position for the offense that looked as threatening as it had all season to date. Man, it's good to have Mike Williams in the end zone. 10-0 charges, feeling good. Of course, we should have expected some mad sorcery from Tyreek Hill. The near-immediate response from midfield resulting from a complete bar of soap operation. The cheetah stealing scraps like a hyena, just a bit too fast for for the rhinoceros that was Kenneth Murray chasing him down. The pressure continued to come from the Finns' defensive front. Christian Wilkins causing all sorts of trouble for Zion Johnson, but the Chargers kept coming, working the clock beautifully en route to an Austin Eckler touchdown, 17-7 at the half, felt like a job half done. Sitting there watching, you always felt like they were a Tyreek Hill blowout away from being right back in this game. 
Boom, 60 yards, 17-14. Heart rate's up. One bomb to Mike Williams just wasn't enough to put more than three on the board. Six point buffer sat like weak old milk as the, char as the game rounded to the last 15 minutes. Herbert having some kind of game. Chargers churning up the clock and settling for another field goal. Nine points with a tick over four left. The Bolts defense was never gonna let this one slip. Huge win against a dominant offense. Chargers now a tiebreaker out of the last wildcard card spot. Season well and truly alive. Herbert simply massive. 39 of 51, big boy shoes. 367 yards, one TD. Mike Williams and Keenan Allen both absolutely superb. Oh, Jack, how'd you feel coming, going through this game? Results, what are your thoughts? I think, I don't, I find that I don't speak about Justin Herbert a lot on this podcast because we look at the team and we expect Justin Herbert to do Justin Herbert things. All I wanted to point out first and foremost is that the debate of who's better, the tour versus Herbert, I don't think Herbert shut the door on that. I think he just blew the house away that had the debate inside of it, completely demolished it because it house was pretty is gone. It was pretty clear. There, there were two quarterbacks there. One was Justin Herbert and one was a quarterback that has an offensive mastermind as a coach and played okay. Herbert's like pocket shit. presence... Herbert's pocket presence was incredible. It's probably the best I've ever seen from him. Stepping up into the pocket, stepping sideways, moving his feet. Clearly fans, clearly Bolt fam, clearly the NFL has been seeing for the first, I don't know, 13 weeks an, an injured and uh, sort of sore Herbert and unsure. Tonight on a national stage, we saw him and most commentators and media pundits are saying it's one of the best games of, an, of, of a quarterback in the NFL this season. Yep. There was that throw to Austin Eckler where he steps up in the pocket, about to be sacked. You can see it pulls the ball down and then gets it out. That's probably my favorite play of the game because it just showed the poise um, that he had to have because he had pressure coming at him all day. Christian Wilkins was just phenomenal, uh, but incredible. Justin Herbert, well done. Thank you so much. We don't praise the person that's always so good because we expect greatness. Tonight or yesterday night, for us, for me watching it, that was great. I'm, I was blown away by how good he was. Beautifully said, Jack, and wonderful intro too, Andy. You got me just excited again. Uh, feels like I'm still glowing in the embers of the victory. And my other favorite th throw, Jack, not just that Eckler one, but the donuts he almost burnt into Keenan oh. Allen's stomach. Oh. <laughs> Keenan barely looked up. I was like, okay. And then he's just pointing at him afterwards. That's got to have it. Fourth quarter. Let's go. Franchise quarterback. I'll flip it, of course. This is equally equal part Herbert and equal part Brandon Staley masterpiece. The... When he first came in, Staley, I was prone to calling him the modern-day Mozart of defensive football. And we have seen almost none of it <laughs> since, <laughs> since he took over. We've seen precious little. We've seen a defense that's ranked in the bottom four across some key metrics, particularly rush defense and points allowed, all of the bad stuff. But Chris Collinsworth was choking down tears almost at some stages <laughs> of that game in terms of the paucity of pieces available to coach Staley and the game plan was sublime 
And we're starting to see, I'm starting to think that it might be a versus the Shanahan scheme. Staley knows what to do, because don't forget, Staley was at the Rams. McVeigh runs a variant of it. When we faced the 49ers, arguably that was Staley's best defensive game plan of the season, remember? No one thought we'd be in that game, and we, we did a good job bottling them up. Well, in this one, we've muddied the middle of the field where Tua likes to throw. Instead of playing off coverage or zone or hybrid, we're playing press man. And we did exactly what we talked about last week, Andy. Take Tua's first read away from him. He had his slowest, second slowest time to throw of the year, 2.76 seconds. And we saw yep. what happens. If you make Tua get off his first read and start to get a bit pressured, he throws soap. So oh. tick to Herbert. Tick to Staley, two of my favourite humans in the world. Fantastic. <laughs> what did you make? What did you make of it, Andy? Well, I had I had Herbert's game and Staley's game as my one A and one B. Yep. Um, I thought just to finish that, the way he blanketed the middle of the field, forcing Tua to throw out wide outside the numbers. Um, I think he went something. Tua went uh, four for four for ten inside the um, in the middle of the field and one for seven for 60 yards and that was simply the the Tyreek Hill burner touchdown Um, so really well done Um, the defensive execution as well you know it's all well and good Staley's had these plans uh, and we haven't been able to execute it so uh, I think the way that the defense came together and with well I think off the top of my head six defensive starters out of the lineup um, great debut from Jasir Taylor Um, yeah Michael Davis, man, uh, awesome, awesome game. He was responsible for the trip that led to that 60-yard TD, but I think he had three receptions on him from nine targets, uh, two pass breakups. He's tackling everyone. Um, J- Lloydy, uh, oh, sorry, mate, you actually said on the couch, JC who? So i got a question for you. With um, 9.4 million cap hit next year, Hits free agency in 2024. Um, what do you, what do we do with Vado? Vado. You think you think he's earned a, another year or an extension? To be honest, now there's still four games left, five games left in the season. So let's see how he finishes. But if Staley's now had some sort of epiphany where he's realizing, hey, I know I traditionally run a bit more zone in a Fangio scheme, but my personnel are actually big and rangy and fast. Get Michael Davis up on the, their body and use them in that way, he could suit the scheme beautifully. He's had three games in a row where he's looked a million bucks. Yeah, He's actually looked 9.4 million bucks, apparently. So <laughs> I don't know. Look, next year, I think we'd be really brave to let him, to cut him. We'd be cutting him to save, I think, that the savings are $7 million. Two. Yeah, yeah. And the dead cap's 2.4. But, the, you know, then you're having to work out, okay, you're trusting JC Jackson coming back from a vulsion fracture surgery. And then Asante on the other side and just sit, I don't know. Michael Davis has made himself maybe indispensable. What do you think, Jack? Do you agree? And on top of that, is it a confluence we saw last night of not only uh, Staley finally maybe just going, well, let's play press. Let's get up in the receivers' faces. Let's drop those linebackers deep uh, because you know that the, the, the Dolphins weren't necessarily going to run the ball particularly well. Uh, even though they have a, a fairly decent offensive line. But there's also, when I talk about confluence, there's 
players finally understanding the scheme. And with Derwin James out, and I saw a tweet, I can't, I can't remember who I can attribute it to, but it was, well, has Staley been trying to be too cute with Derwin James? And perhaps we just need to go out and let the players play because the secondary and the linebackers, for the first time, I really couldn't see a mistake. I couldn't see a blown coverage. The, the touchdown to Tyreek Hill was Michael Davis tripping over. He was with him. Alohi Gilman broke up at the first pass of the game. I'm going, what is going on here? Everyone seemed to know where the ball was going on defense. And so is that not only Staley's scheme finally becoming more comfortable with the players on the field, we don't have Derwin James who's trying to do too much. And you've also got Michael Davis who's had a year and a bit in the system now going, hey, okay, I can actually play my man coverage, but I know exactly what's going to be happening on, on the back end. Because you saw those safeties were bracketing whenever those burners were going down the field. There was, there was over-the-top help. So yeah. is it this blessing in disguise, and I've written it here, and I might put this to you, Andy, is this all these injuries going to actually mean coming into the 2023, 22-23 uh, season that – we now have depth that know exactly what they need to do because we're missing all these starters. Um, you know, is this actually the silver lining of this season? Uh, silver lining of the season, I'm not sure about, but it is very positive. Very, very positive. I see the silver lining being the rookies on the offensive line, to be honest with you, even though that play hasn't been too great. I'll mm. digress back to your question. Um, it's awesome. It's a humdinger for me because we're seeing this kind of execution with our backup players, our second and third stringers. And it's like, yeah, but you had six starters out. But yeah, our defense on the whole has played pretty trash with all of those starters in. So I don't know. It's it, it's one, it, the sample space is tiny mm. uh, and we might end up getting a couple of those starters back. So who knows? Uh a great fairy tale. It's awesome, though. They played beautifully. Um, Gilman, great. Jasir uh, Taylor, I thought, was was great as well. Um, and Michael Davis wasn't a starter. And the last sort of four or five weeks is really pushed uh, pushed the bill. And just we a have thought to on that. Out, Sorry, I'm just going to say we have to shout out that you know we've been down on Kenneth Murray uh, very very strongly on this podcast. He had his best game of the year by far. I thought yeah. his PFF rating is in the elite, um, and, and and I do. But you got to take that interception, man. You got to got to mm. take that pick. That's I would say that's more on Tranquil than it was on Kenneth Murray. I thought Tranquil had went better. straight through his hands. Oh, <laughs> you got to throw the flag he, at me, Alistair. Mate. I don't know about that. Going back, oh, I'm calling it straight. It went found, through his hands. You got to nah, catch that. He's, he's going yeah. back, whereas Tranquil's coming to the side. I think it's tougher to catch a ball that's behind your head. That's actually when you're coming. To Leave a bit. comment, listeners. Did he? Should he have? Should he not have caught it? Uh, the point I was quickly going to make, Jack, because it's an interesting question: Is it that we're trying to do too much with Derwin? Maybe the problem with that is by doing too much with Derwin, it's actually what you're doing to the other players. Because when you move Derwin around, that means the other players are having to move around as well. So the issue mm. might be born out of you've got Gilman playing strong safety and then free safety and Nas playing free and then strong and then you know slot corner. And they maybe kept a bit more true to their positions throughout this game. No chopping and changing. So if that be true, perhaps when Derwin returns, you can just say, we're going to use him in a more limited role. Maybe he can play linebacker. Maybe he can. we can just be playing him in the box 
blitzing him way more than we have and letting him make plays around the ball, safe in the confidence that Adelie and Gilman have the safety spots covered. I would agree 100%. I mean, I'd been looking at it. He's almost in that Cam Chancellor mold where Cam Chancellor would play um, far closer to the line of scrimmage than playing deep. Obviously, you had Earl Thomas, another perhaps Hall of Famer back there. Yeah, I, I think that perhaps if Derwin's, if Staley's saying, hey, Derwin, do what you want to do and the team will adjust around you, perhaps everyone's so focused on what Derwin's doing and then I've got to go, okay, he's going over there. I've got to now go, I've got to play free safety, but I wasn't strong because Derwin's seen something and he's going at it. So I would see it perhaps the, the verbiage, there's a good American term, to use rather than saying limited role, I think you play him in a more prominent but clear role where everyone can read off of him. Uh, which I think perhaps we might see. And, and let's let's get him around the ball. He also shores up the tackling for the run game too. So get him in that linebacker position um, and play Gilman and Nas high. Yeah, great point. We're so positive, man. We're, we're blowing the old trumpet for the entire team. So let's do a flip of it for, for a second. Jack, Jack, look at the like statistical dominance in this game, it is really quite something. You're looking at 432 yards to the Chargers to 219. Yeah. Third down I efficiency. Coming. I know what's coming. We're, okay, where am I going? Take it. I mean, why have we won by six points? Exactly, you're on? saying. So why hasn't Lombardi put up, why haven't we put up 35, 40 points? I didn't say Lombardi. What do you put it down to? <laughs> why was this not a blowout? <laughs> why, why was we, this not a blowout? Why We've dominated like, them. Especially, <laughs> especially when you've got Herbert playing arguably the game of the season. Uh, there are a lot of things that come into my mind when I think about it. The porous offensive line does not help. The porous offensive line does not help. They're, they were bad. There still aren't a lot of big gainers. The the Mike Williams throw, which was very reminiscent of the famous throw last year to Guyton, um, yep. you know, throwing across his body, 60-yard bomb, didn't result in a touchdown, but was still, you know, almost a carbon copy of the way he set his feet with players that coming at him, etc. There's still a lot of stick routes. Like the first throw to Mike Williams is relying on Mike Williams to win that one-on-one. That's not schemed open. You're just hoping that a big six-foot-four dominant receiver can beat um, the cornerback who had inside leverage and just jump over the top of him. That The percentage of that throw is probably very low. I still don't see enough dominance in – maybe not dominance is not the right word, but creativity in the scheme. I still don't see enough creativity in the run game. I don't feel like we get – players and our centers pulling out and getting into space when we do we get called for a bloody flag because of his receiver downfield uh not a receiver uh uh ineligible, downfield. Yeah, yeah. In, in, ineligible yeah so i uh, can you can we really go at lombardi in a win we sp- still probably can there's also a couple of fourth down calls and i'm going what are we doing why are we passing deandre carter in the flat and hoping that he can do something Minus if he doesn't trip, three though, yards behind the line of scrimmage. Yeah, I'm with you. That was a bad He's... sequence, that red zone sequence. There were four well, players zone... and none of them were good. Red zone efficiency, I'm going to jump in, Jack, because I'm chomping at the bit. To, yeah, um, jump in, please. So get stuck in because the Chargers are ranked 27th in the league for red zone efficiency, um, 47.9% thereabouts. Their Lions, Lions, Eagles, and Cowboys uh, all above 70% as the league leaders. We went two and six on the night and it's it's rubbish play calling i think in those situations we're not really looking to throw to targets inside the end zone uh the depth of target to that 
Carter catch was three yards behind the line of scrimmage. I know you're getting pressure, but yeah. Herbert's, we've just said Herbert's feeling himself. His ribs clearly are no longer nearly an, uh, uh, no longer an issue for him as they were. He's matured in the way that he's uh, observing and feeling pressure, being able to get himself out. I think we're, to Lombardi's credit, we're actually moving him a bit in, in the play design as well, yep. which is helping. Um, but we're just not really scheming guys open in the red zone, which is disappointing because that catch to Mike Williams on his score was beautiful. And that's what you want to see. You want to see crossing routes at different la- levels of the end zone and just not really seeing anything good. Well, if you can't run so the ball in the red zone, you're highly limited in what you can do as a play caller. And I don't know what the answer is. We've basically given up on zone running. We've given it up. We've gone, we don't know how to do it. So just taking this game as an example, we had 14 gap man runs and five zone runs. And that's supposed to be a staple of a kind of Shane Day type of scheme. So we've stopped that. We're going, our linemen aren't athletic enough to pull and move out in space. We're just going to go take your man and find the yards. But 57 of Eckler and Kelly's 74 rush yards came after contact. 57 of 74. That is brutal. That's so brutal. So maybe part of that is the play call. You're in the red zone. You think, well, I'm not going to run the run the ball it's a waste of a down um yeah some of it personnel right like you say pressure on the quarterback can you drop back and wait for plays to develop with Sorrell and Sawyer with Jalen Phillips and Chubb and Wilkins bearing down maybe not so I don't know it it, maybe it's difficult but it it wasn't it didn't go very well I agree um I, I just find that it's you get okay. It's awesome. This this offense clearly was great last year when everyone was healthy and we were going. Keenan was perhaps a little bit faster. Mike Williams was the X receiver moving around a bit. Mike Williams still doesn't look super mobile. Keenan Allen does, even though he caught twelve passes, still looks like just a touch slower. Could you imagine Mike McDaniel's scheme with Herbert when you can actually throw the ball with timing? down the field could you imagine crosses I, I just feel like there's no depth in our offense anywhere it's it's just rely on stick routes rely on one-on-one rely on the court on the receivers to get separation and then rely on herbert to throw it into as you alluded to earlier alistair the basket that was about as big as i don't know my fist and the margin for error there error is huge there's just is it Lombardi himself being a lack of, he just lacks creativity? Is it the scheme? We're seeing the the, the real, uh, I guess, maximum the scheme can be pushed with injuries or is it mm. the, the line where they're coaching and going, well, we need to protect Herbert, number one, don't worry about running anything, just protect, pass, protect, pass, protect, pass, protect, and we'll yeah. try and cover holes. I don't know. Now, our good friend in Atlanta, Georgia, Kev Diego, did point out, he said, well, they finally did something I've wanted to see, which is... Get Storm Norton on the field playing as a tight end in 13 personnel. And on the Austin Eckler touchdown on the fourth down, that's what happened. You actually had Storm in there. Um, so, well, good point, Kev. And if you're on the green route now, um, you will not make this putt, you jackass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. All right, shooter. Shooter Lloyd weeks. now, I'll say that. Yeah. <clears throat> That's good stuff. So where to from here? I've just killed the killed the flow off a little bit on that one. Uh, just just a little a, bit. Yeah, yeah. 
Just oh, I've, I've got one for you, Alistair. So, and this, this goes back to what I was talking about with some of these weird fourth down play calls. I, I still don't understand why, you know, it's been numerous times this year we're going to the well where we're throwing to DeAndre Carter and great receiver. Fine, I get that. Is, the, is this a, uh, is, is me saying this next statement, is it warranted or not? In Lombardi's mind in fourth down play call, he goes, well, Mike or Keenan are going to get the number one cornerback. The other one is going to get number two cornerback. So I'm going to bet that either Everett or DeAndre Carter are better than the third or fourth opposition cornerback. So therefore, I'm going to see what they can do. Is, 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 that, is that warranted? Is, is, that, is, that a, is that something that you reckon goes through his mind? I think that's what I'd be doing, depending on how good, you, how fearful you are of the corners on the other team. If, if I'm really worried about the matchup of whoever the cornerback one is, then perhaps Bazavian Howard's been giving up a lot of yards. Mm. And I don't actually mind that. And the guy who picked up DeAndre Carter on that one, Kader Kohu, the rookie, yes. he's actually having a really good really season. Good and yeah. he made that play. So maybe that was his starting point. But if he thought about it maybe a little more carefully, Carter or Everett on Kohu in the slot is maybe not the matchup you, you go after and you'd rather take Mike Williams on someone like Xavier Howard. So, yeah, interesting. But I think that, that's got to be part of it. You're thinking our third and fourth and fifth are pretty good players. Let's go Josh Palmer, see if we can go after him on a fourth down. I'd still rather see it in Keenan or Mike Williams' hands personally. Yeah, I definitely agree uh, with you. you just, I felt yeah. so safe. On third downs, it was it was Keenan keeps you warm. All right, keeps you warm. Uh, any 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 further thoughts? Oh, I mean, I think the fact that uh, what did we play last night? We played. I think I heard this correctly. We played thirty five percent man coverage, which is the highest all year that the Dolphins have faced, I believe. Um, and we put and we beat a team against. Uh, they were the Dolphins' offense and number one against zone and number one against man coverage all year, and it did not look like that at all. Uh, and just a small, small other thing that I really wanted to touch on was that I love the fact that you know Staley recognised that Tua is a timing quarterback and everything was timing. You take the timing off by the point of contact by the DB. You know, even if it's half a second to three quarters of a second, it puts the pacing off, it puts the step back off, and Tua had no idea what to do. I, I just thought it was wonderful. It was really, really wonderful. Um, no and how good was tight ends? None. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I mean, oh, Gasicki, Gasicki's really? a half-decent tight end. Didn't see him all day. Yeah, Darren Smythe was almost the more dangerous one. He's had probably a better year than Gasicki, but none doing. DB's Mc, on McDaniel lock. cooked himself. Like, why did the Dolphins only go with 16 design runs against the worst run defense in the league? I think they got a bit cute for their own good. They thought, not cute, maybe they just buy into their system and we've been putting up points against everyone and just going all guns blazing. We'll do it against these guys, Missing Derwin and Callahan. Yeah. But once that wasn't working and Tua was, to be honest, throwing the ball like Sage Rosenfels, <laughs> I... I, I I would have thought at that point, you've got a guy who actually can't throw a spiral, maybe maybe break it up by running the ball a little bit. And that just, it didn't happen. They did not make the adjustments that Chargers fans always complain about Staley. Well, McDaniel, the glory boy, the nerd, didn't do anything either. 
Can you believe that Tua was three of 17 at one point in the game? Three yeah, of 17. It was, it looked, he looked like he was throwing with his wrong hand. It looked <laughs> crap. Oh. I'm going, you can have your pick five, douchebags. We got Herbert. Yeah. Which makes it more frustrating that Lombardi is just keeping the offense so restricted. Yeah, I could go on forever about it. But Last one, Andy. Okay. Question to you. Should Dicker and is Dicker the number one kicker? Well, he's missed one. So he's 12 of 13 or 13 of 14, something. Um, solid this week. He's got age on his side. Not yet injured. Touch wood. I, I don't know. I, I can't really see uh, Dustin Hopkins returning next year. I think Dick is the, Dick is the guy. Um, yes, Dick is the kicker. There's, there, there's, um, there's going to be, I'd say, some pretty clutch Nija got to have it moments for him uh, as mm. the season comes to a, a halt. The regular season anyway, because every game is nearly a, an elimination for us mm. from this point out. Um, so... We'll test him. It'll be trial by fire and mm. see how you go. I don't think he's going to lose his job, though, if he costs us, like, from 55 or something like that. You no. know what I mean? No. It's probably our fault for not putting up more than 25 points on offense. Hey, Dude. Jewel. Last one for me before we move on. <laughs> I just want to shout I, I, out. I've got one for you as well, Jack. Don't Do worry. You. But last one for me, I want to shout out. Joe Gaziano, Braden Fajoko, Morgan Fox. The fact is... The D, the defensive line for what they had out there did an incredible, incredible job. I felt that Tua was always under a little bit of pressure against the better yeah. quarterback. I don't think it would have been uh, as 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 sort of uh, poignant, but incredible. Uh, that that uh, that Morgan Fox sack, man, that was great. Lovely arm chop on the inside. Oh yeah, I went mental. Oh, mental so that. so good, so good. These guys are third, fourth, fifth, sixth practice squad guys, and they're giving. Wonderful minute. So well done, you guys. Fucking fantastic. There we go. Drop an F-bomb. Here, here. Here's a chance for you, Jack, to do a bit of self-evaluation and reflection because okay. I know you All enjoy right. such tasks. We've spoken a lot about remaining calm under pressure and, you know, when things aren't going well, Brandon Staley has to, you know, he has to embody what he wants to see in the team and be calm, have a bit of fun, just go with it. Applying this lens to yourself, how do you think you did on Friday when as we're getting ready for the wedding and the photographers <laughs> have arrived, we all take out our suits, put them on, and Jack realises where we're all wearing black pants. For some reason, here's our royal blue. How did you deal with it? How did you deal with the situation? What learnings do you take from it, my friend? Um, I was pretty yeah. I, I, Quite incredibly, Alistair, since you were the one being married, kudos, hats off to you because you dealt with the situation far better than I did. Uh, listen, I didn't blow my top. I wasn't on the sideline doing the bow up like Anthony Lynn. Uh, I also wasn't with a visor going, oh, I've got no idea. My name's Mike McCoy. Uh, I sort of felt like it was, uh, I felt like you were Brandon Staley and I was Justin Herbert and I needed my coach to, to, to jump in for me there. I needed my leader. And call the right play, call the audibles, and uh, we got the touchdown in the end. So, uh, thank you, sir. Thank you. Welcome. Just a round off, off the story. We've had to call up our tailors to make a new pant three hours before the wedding ceremony. And those lovely tailors drove the new pants out to uh, a remote location where we were based. And they arrived five minutes 
before our car was due to leave to the ceremony. Jack's quickly whipped on his briefs, never seen him put on pants that quickly. <laughs> and we all filed into the car off to the wedding. That was one of two hiccups we had. We also had the best man miss the wedding entirely because his beautiful partner went into labor 3 a.m. in the morning on the day of when she was not due until Christmas. But congratulations, of course, to our dear friends. Indeed. And the birth of a beautiful baby boy who I saw in the hospital yesterday is just looking fantastic. What a weekend. Sorry, I derailed the conversation a bit there. That's all right. That's on our minds. I think there, you call the audible, you get it through, you adapt, and you and you get the touchdown, you win the game. <clears throat> uh, yeah, I was definitely going to touch on the little bundle of joy that's arrived in our lives. Uh, untimely or timely, however you see it. Glad that everyone's happy and, and well. Uh, speaking of Big Daddy, I got this feeling that Justin Herbert's just he's just got something in him. He's evolved from robotic Herbert, and now he's got attitude and I don't want to say it because it's more offensive to Americans, but it starts with C and it spells like aunt. Yep. And <laughs> there's just fire in him. There's fire in him. The pointing to Keenan, the touchdown. When he walked into the locker room after the that. win, he spikes the ball. Yeah. I love it. I was high. I love what I'm seeing. He's just he's growing up on the field. He's growing up in the head. And um it's very, very exciting. You just gotta get an offensive coordinator that will actually let him throw the ball. Cheerio. Uh well it's it's really easy to pump up uh everyone when we've had a win. Let's play a game of snakes and ladders because some guys deserve some credit and there's probably some that need a bit of a talking to. Jack, you want to hit us off? First one for me, I thought Joshua Kelly, when he was on the field, did well and he's actually taking meaningful snaps. I would like to see him run more, but given the issues we have with the offensive line, I'm not sure if we will. But Joshua Kelly slowly just becoming a great... Um, second running back behind Austin Eckler. So you're going up my ladder. Well done. Well done, Joshua Kelly. It's good. Coming back after a couple of weeks off too. Good. Good call. I'm, uh, I'm going to do what Staley did with his third game, Paul, and just throw a blanket over a part of the team, which is the pass defense, the entire secondary, specifically Gilman and Jasir Taylor, because they're the unheralded ones who you're a bit concerned about. Both played superbly. And wasn't Staley chomping at the bit to just give them all a shout out? He He's always talking about a DB factory and loves to shout out Ronaldo Hill and Derek Ansley. And at one point in his press conference, he called us the best pass defense in the league. <laughs> Don't know what grading or metric he's looking at there. I thought he, even Staley got a bit ahead of himself there. He was clearly... Thinking with his stiffy. He was feeling the win. Good on him, you know. It was been such a hard year for him. He's entitled in that moment just to maybe not brag, but to enjoy it Agree. a little bit. So up the ladder for all of the DBs, because if they play like that, we're going to have a real chance to make the playoffs this year. Yeah. I've got a snake and a ladder in one. Um, we brought it up before, but I think it's just worth mentioning again. Credit where it's due. We do bash Kenneth Murray a lot. He's vastly improved in the last couple of weeks. Now give that a fair benchmark. I'm not saying he's great. Uh, but in the NFL, man, you've got to take those interceptions. Um, that's got to be a learning curve, but stringing together a couple of nice performances. So kind of a little bit higher than middle of the pack. He's on the first rung or something, second rung. <laughs> yep. uh, next snake for me, there was an absolute One foot on the floor. fireball that Justin Herbert sent to 
Gerald Everett, and he dropped once again. That's a drive killer. Very catchable. Very, very important very time catchable. of the game. Very, very important time of the game. Very important time of the game. And, dude, this is happening over and over dude. and over again. Dude. I love you. You're, you're well, playing really well, and I think you've been a great weapon, far beyond anything that I believe any of us probably thought you would be. But come on, man. Catch one. you got to, in this final stretch of games, there's going to be that ball that goes to you. Catch it, please. So just a little or, bit of Or know your personnel, Jack. I mean, maybe... He's a guy where you get the ball into his hands close to the line and he's a run-after-catch guy. This was a second and 17. We're up by 10 points and we're going for a 17-yard completion. I haven't seen him make a lot of those. He's not very good in those spaces. He's more a get-it-in-his-hand guy and see what and it can do after afterwards. Yeah, true. But agree, true. It, was a, it was an important drop, that's for sure. Could have lost us the game ultimately, really. Yep. Uh, oh, it's uh, on me. I will... Thank you. Let me compose myself. I'm going to say uh, <laughs> my, 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 Mike Williams just being back in town. I want to yeah, shoot yeah, up man. the ladder. I'm feeling positive. Mike Williams, let's not pretend that he's feeling 100% out there. He couldn't possibly be. He's re-aggravated the ankle with a tippy-toe catch against the Seahawks. And what's he missed since then? Another two weeks uh, or three? And now we've clearly only played him because we're like, dude, we need you. If we lose this game, the season's done. And what does he respond with? Six catches, 116 yards, a touchdown. Like you said, Jack, that beautiful one where Herbert rolls right and throws left. And then the one in the end zone where he gets both feet in behind about three defenders. There's also that third and nine on the opening drive where he beasted. um, Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That was just inside him. Oh, That was Herbert oh. going, my coordinator doesn't know how to scheme people open. I will simply throw the ball to this magician over here and do what we do, that kind of um, that kind of gear. But look, other podcasts or other fans, the common refrain sometimes with Mike Williams is, you know, he's not a good separator. Yeah, no shit. He's six foot four. Yeah. That's not like we've got other separators. It's not what you need from every single receiver. What he does is worth it. There aren't more than six receivers in the league who do it as well as he does. And what a difference it, we look like on offense when he's out there. I've grown a strong appreciation for this guy over the last two years. I now really, really like him. And I think he's a great receiver. Here, here. Agree. Very good. Up the ladder for me, uh, Jack, you shared this tweet with us a mere half hour before, but Raheem Lane, if you get the chance to go back and watch the game again, the score's 3 nothing charges. Um, the block that he lays on their gunner was so good. I love that shit. Up the ladder. Get it. Love it. Uh, my last one is this is another ladder. This is a little bit meta. Justin Herbert's ability to recognize zero blitz and be composed because this week I thought he was very very good against the zero blitz. Again, silver lining, he is seeing more and more exotic looks and he's getting far more pressure in his face than he did last year. He's number one in the NFL for being pressured, I believe. So uh, up the ladder, Justin Herbert's ability to understand what he sees in front of him from the defense and adjust and uh, have an incredible presence in the pocket. That's gone right to the top of my ladder. And I'm getting a stiffy a little bit about it. That's how I felt when I was uh, watching him. I um, prepared a few snakes and I'm not even going to go to them. I don't, I'm not interested in snakes this week. I feel too good. There have been too many ladders, so I'm happy to leave it there, Jack. I agree with you. We've all played well this weekend. 
Yeah, well, we've blown smoke up everyone's ass. Uh, we're all we're all feeling it, and why not? Season's alive, and we just beat the Dolphins. Enjoy, arguably it. one of the one of the best. And tour. Oh man, so good. All right. So out of the game, it looks like the bolts have come through relatively unscathed. Nothing major at all. Um, per Daniel Popper. Bryce Callahan, Sebastian Joseph Day, and Trey Pipkins are expected to return to practice this week. Derwin James still day today, and the Staley quote was, "Anything is possible regarding Joey Bosa's mm. return to practice." Although, look, I still would say a return against the Colts is best case scenario. Um, and golly, if we can if we can pull the wool over the Tennessee, then hot damn. It's a juicy three weeks to run in with Big Bear back. Uh, Brandon Staley in his postgame, obviously feeling himself. Uh, the emotions were running hot in the locker room, and so they should, because when you looked at this game on paper, couldn't have paid me to have uh, punted on the charges, really. It was uh, it was grim and awesome that they came through. Uh, but we move on. The next game is the focus. Alistair, let us know what happened with the Titans' last battle against the Jags. In Tennessee, Jags 36, Titans 22. Wow. Best game of Trevor Lawrence's career. Third loss on the trot for the Tennessee Titans, having lost to the Bengals and the Eagles in the preceding weeks. GM John Robinson gets fired. A bit of disharmony in the building. They're suffering injuries on a level that is Chargers-esque. No trail on Burks. Christian Fulton, their breakout cornerback, out with the groin. Danico Autry, one of their best pass rushers, out with the knee. David Long, Zach Cunningham, linebackers on IR. No Taylor Lewan at left tackle. No Harold Landry at edge. No Caleb Farley. No Elijah Molden. They are fucked. So... They played like it, and the Jags came out and really belted them. Four turnovers to the Tennessee Titans, three fumbles, and Ryan Talent Hill threw an untimely interception uh, to Andrew Wingard, the safety for the Jags. And Trevor Lawrence just had a field day. 30 of 42, 368 yards, three touchdowns. Evan Ingram, 11 catches, 162 yards, two touchdowns. And something we should learn from, the Jags did this real game plan of heavy pass to run ratio, quick game, because they know the Titans do have some guys can get after the passer, and they do have a really good run defense. So the Jags have said, you know what, we're going to do what we've done all year. The ball's going to come out of Trevor's hands very quickly. And I'm finding with this Jags defense, they have the type of athletic potential where on any given day they can do something incredible and win the game. And then because they're young and learning every now and then, or even this year for periods of time, they've struggled to keep it together. Not in this game. This is one of those ones where Trayvon Walker had an incredible strip sack and you've got Arden Key um, and you've got Josh Allen, Aluakon, Devin Lloyd. They were just making plays all over the place. Uh, and Tannehill didn't have a bad game by any stretch, but they just could not keep up with the firepower of the Jags, and they could not overcome the fact that they had four turnovers to the Jags, none. So it was just a bloodbath. They dominated them, and what a great time to face 
This team, having lost three on the trot, they look like they're really struggling. We've got all this confidence after the win against the Dolphins, and we're ready to fire it up, I reckon. Weirdly enough, I thought that the game was quite close at halftime, and then it just sort of blew apart as the Titans sort of just capitulated, really. Um, and, and as you said, Alistair, just on a little aside, uh, and maybe this is slightly derailing it, I apologise, Andy, but what did you think of um, Lawrence's game? I, I, I still am not convinced that he's a Herbert type, but, uh, you know, he, was, he started making some half-decent throws. I'm still, again, not convinced on the way that he throws the ball. He doesn't have the zip that a Justin Herbert does or a Mahomes, but, yeah, not too bad. Very briefly, I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. I, I've watched their last four games, the Jags, and I'm seeing Trevor Lawrence play at a top 10 NFL quarterback level mm. for that sample size. Size, yeah. And I am, I'm really now, I'm feeling quite buoyed about what he can be because he does have it in his body. He really does have a cannon arm when he wants to. And he ha is like six foot five, six, six, moves around athletically. Um, and if you can, yeah, if you can channel some of the kind of big quarterback energy we've seen from Herbert and some of the best quarterbacks in the league. I feel like he's starting to trust himself more. Mm. And that's a credit to Doug Peterson and, dare I say it, Mike McCoy for putting the weapons around him that he feels like he, he knows where he's going to go with the ball. So mm. I, I, I'm more, I'm maybe a little bit more sold on Trevor Lawrence at the minute than it sounds like you are. I think he's turned the corner and he's ready to kind of fulfill his potential. Maybe he won't, you know, get to that you're the best quarterback of your generation kind of thing. I feel like that might be beyond him, but he's now shown that the Jags should have confidence. You're our franchise guy. Let's get behind him. We don't need to draft another quarterback. You're a gun. Okay. Thanks for taking two minutes when I said to nice, be nice and short. So I appreciate that. <laughs> Well, I'm going to be getting out for the next five weeks, so you don't need exactly. to worry about it. Get him in yeah, where you can. Listen to the dulcet tones of Alistair Lloyd, people, whilst you can, whilst you can. That's right. We might purely be treated to him being drunk outside at a bar, watching a game, sending a video, poorly selfie-angled, clobbering on, demanding a that beer we get helmet. this shit. Eating nachos. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, it does seem like the Titans are falling apart at the sides. Uh, so as far as their strengths go, look, they still do have Derek Henry. Um, he did have a bit of a, an injury heading into the last game and he's had a, he's had a bit of a shocking last kind of month. The wheels are really falling off him. I still think he's dangerous, especially against us. Um, there's not much of a wide receiver receiving threat. Uh, Tannehill tends to throw a fair bit. Well, he's resorted to throwing a lot to Conquo and the tight ends. Um, on defense, Jeffrey Simmons is a strong, strong man. Um, he gets a lot of pressure, and if we are, if Herbert is forced to throw the ball out early, I'm just hoping that we can manufacture a little bit of separation. Um, but that's kind of where I feel the the main heat's going to come. I'm feeling a lot better about this matchup than I was a week ago yeah. or two weeks ago. Just seeing and look you hate to support it but hey we need to win and if the titans don't have available players tough shit you can yeah, only win with we. what you got brother yep Agreed. i mean their, their secondary is still one of the best i believe in the league with amani hooker kevin byard and andrew adams having a really good year as well in that um slot 
some sort of strong safety. So they're, they're no slouches. So it's not going to be easy for uh, Herbert to find space and especially if they're going to attack the line of scrimmage, uh, our line. So I'm expecting them to throw some pretty exotic looks Herbert way, uh, Herbert's way. So he's got to be on his feet. I think he's got to sort of put in a performance or a shift like he did um, against the Dolphins. Let's also acknowledge their coaching strength. And I think Mike Vrabel's shown himself to be one of the best coaches in the league. And what scares me a bit is them having lost three in a row and us coming off this win. I know it's classic charges, kind of negative vibes. Oh, we're going to let uh, let ourselves down. Maybe not, but I really respect Vrabel. And yeah, they. I think internally in that building, they'll feel this season slipping away from them. The Jags are now hot on the hammer. So beware the former Patriot linebacker. I think he might mm. have a few tricks up his sleeve behind Derek yeah. Henry. Voracious Vrabel. <clears throat> Bit of a right, we're <laughs> what do you see as our chances against them, Jack? Uh, Alistair, you you spoke it before. Four turnovers, huge. Um, you know, you did rely on the extreme athleticism of some of the Jaguars defenders to force some oh, of yeah. those. But um, we're turning into a turnover team. We're getting one or two a game. So uh, let's capitalize on those. Um, another couple of things, you know, we've got to stop Henry. If you stop Henry, I don't think their offense has got much else. Uh, always push Tannehill into his second and third read. He loves a little bit of play action uh, yeah. and out to, to an open player on a safety or a cornerback that's bit on the play action to go and aid run defense. So be very aware of that. Uh, cornerbacks in Roger McCreary and Terrence Mitchell not having great years. So I'm expecting Keenan and Mike to have a good game. Uh, attack their line. Dennis Daly at left tackle and Ooh. Nicholas Petit Frere at right tackle not having good years. So uh, Khalil Mack's going to hopefully have a bit of a day. He's He's been actually quite poor recently, Khalil Mack. In terms of grading... He's doing think, a lot of work. Though. I think the guy's he's just knackered. I think the guy's just gassed. Yeah. Yeah. So, and he's copping double teams and being chipped. So, you know, um, we might hark on that a little bit too much. But we all like to know how sometimes I go into the opposition quarterbacks where he likes to throw and what he likes to do, etc. Um oh, how's this? And I didn't um I didn't really think of this, but seventy percent of the time uh Tannehill throws without play action. So I thought the play oh. action would be far higher than that. But across this year he's thrown um he's thrown over seventy percent with no play action. And he's got a PFF rating of about sixty nine. So still pretty decent. Um he he only throws a screen pass ten percent of the time which is bizarre too. I thought it'd be far higher than that, but mm. he's throwing 90% of his throws um, aren't screens, but it is on play action when he is easily the highest graded. So um, on those 30% of the time when he does, uh, or when they do run a play action, his rating is above 80 um, and he throws it all across the field. So yep. uh, let's hope that Kenneth Murray and Derwin James, if he's playing in that run support role, are aware of that. Don't bite too much um, and we can go from there. So that was a very... Comprehensive list. Alistair, did you have anything else to say? Uh, the, the wide receiver room without AJ Brown, as you said, and especially without Traylon Burks, it leaves kind of limited options for Tannehill to throw to. In fact, I saw one of their receivers on the weekends called Racy McMath, which sounds like a Matt franchise Madden creator player. Racy <laughs> McMath. Uh, yeah, but yeah, look, they've, they've got plenty of weaknesses to exploit. Their linebackers at the moment with the other guys on IR, IR it's Monty Rice and Dylan Cole. Some opportunities there for Everett and whoever's in the slot, Osnekla on screens. And their pass rush is usually a strength, but I think that they're struggling right now with that Autry. So 
Hopefully that gives uh, Herbert a little bit more time to survey the field. The Titans blitz the least in the entire NFL, 32nd. They only blitz on 13.8% of downs. So they just try to get pressure with their four guys up front. And at the moment, it's not working for them. So plenty of opportunities to exploit them. Would you be happy to see them try more linebacker blitz packages and open up the middle of the field? Do you sure. think we could? Do you think we could expose that? Sure. Sure. As long as they're not sending them um, in between Zion and uh, Foster Sorrell, sounds good to me. I'm a bit worried if oh, they come come yeah. that way. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> There've been too many. Like we saw with Jeffrey Simmons. Uh, sorry, with. Um, Help me out, Christian Wilkins. If you like, there were times other guys are just like straight through. Like that mm-hmm. blockers up front were really struggling. Oh, it was just I... coming a lot of coming across, wasn't it? Yeah, was straight slant. across the front of the face of the uh, the lineman, and oh, they just were never in, never had a chance. I saw mm-hmm. the update that there is a very um, like chance that Rayshon Slater could play again this season. I think that would be wonderful. As Incredible. a development, just one more of these, I won't call them scrubs, one more of these backups who we're not relying on to start week in, week out would be great. And let's hope Corey Lindsley is improving from his performance against the Dolphins because, again, he wasn't amazing. He's clearly still dealing with either a physical or mental, sorry, not mental, I shouldn't say that, but um, concussion. Oh, concussion, so, yep. Yeah, concussion, so... Um, Gee, yeah. you wouldn't like to think so. You would have thought that if he was dealing with any kind of residual concussion things, they'd be able to Who knows? measure Who that. Knows? Who knows? Who knows? Let's just hope mm. he's okay. Yeah. It did look a little bit better, but run blocking is a big issue. All right. What have we got to do to win this, Jack? Put pressure on Tannehill. Push him to his third read. It's a sink. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just trying to leave. I'm just no, trying no, to leave that's as much open point. for everyone else. No, no, that's okay, buddy. You can hog it. How many red wines have you had, Alistair? You're slurring your words a little bit there. <laughs> Not rocket science is uh, the game plan for this one. Just stop the king. We stop the yeah. king and we win this game on defense. I'm happy with it. And look for opportunities to sprit, uh, strip the ball because, as you said, Jack, they're He's fumbling it. a bit turnover prone. So I'm looking for Adley and Gilman yeah. and strip that ball out. But when you strip it out, Gilman, don't dance around showboating. Oh. Yeah. While your wide receiver picks the ball up and races off sixty yards to the house. Yep. Yes. Yep. The king Contain the dead. king for me too. Contain yep. the king and pressure Tannehill. That's um. He doesn't have too much to throw to. Thirteen TDs and five interceptions. So he will. He'll cough it up. Um. But uh, I'm feeling feeling good. So I'm gonna go Tennessee fourteen, Chargers twenty four. I'm going to go, I have a feeling it's going to be a bit of a slobber knocker. So I've gone 17 Titans, 24 charges. I have also a slobber knocker. Yeah. (laughs) It's under under 42 points. I I, I think think it's going to be ugly. I think it's going to be ugly. Yeah. (laughs) Flag. (laughs) What's a slobber knocker? What you said last week when you said it was... Oh, Which see, is what I, you said oh, Miami Chargers was. Slobber knocker, like it's a tough affair. Like it's a scoring. tough affair. That's what I'm saying. Like a, a uh, slog. Uh, I've had too many red wines. Sorry, mate. Um, but, but. Robinson Crusoe. Oh, Robinson Crusoe game. There you that go, is right? Robinson Crusoe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, listen, I, that's a personal joke that we were talking about before, but it's all right. And I have, uh, mate, I've uh, gone with the exact same score prediction that you have. Yeah. Chargers 24, Titans 17. Looks like we're all feeling a little bit better and are expecting the charges to go eight and six 
which would just take a little bit of pressure off. Then it means we can probably get away with winning two of the last three and still having a real good chance to make the dance. Uh, yeah. Very, very exciting rest of the season to come. Alas, Jack and I, we're not going to be with Alistair for the next five episodes. Oh, big shoes to fill. Uh, he's a big nerd. He spends a lot of time doing all the work that he puts into this and he makes it a fantastic product. But have an awesome time on your honeymoon. We're both incredibly jealous. Um, catch up with all your new internet friends and um, <laughs> make sure you think about your wife. Kyle, your Kyle well. is more than just an internet friend. Kyle is a absolute gentleman and a scholar. Not talking about Kyle. Not talking about Kyle. <laughs> Yes, yes. Anyway, before I go, I will just express some gratitude to all of the people who they've reached out since the wedding. Um, a lot of people on Bolts from the Blue just wishing me luck, making jokes about how much better looking my wife is than me, to which I say I duly agree. Uh, and just Can I just interrupt there? Hearing them say that you have been out kicking your coverage, bravo, bravo, guys. That is some of the best gear I've ever heard. Play on. <laughs> But I will find a way still to participate. I've got some plans. I've got something up my sleeve. I might still do a bit of TDU film on the Twitter to give you guys a chop out and definitely sending the odd video from abroad wherever I might be, whichever backwater town or rural part of the West Coast and see if I can still be a part of the show. Otherwise, I'll see you guys back at, towards the middle of the end of January. Hopefully, we'll have some Chargers playoffs to talk about. I think continuing TDU films is a non-negotiable. Yep. Sorry. <laughs> Important. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll miss you, but we'll we'll do you proud, mate. We'll fly the flag. And uh, everyone else, we'll see you next week on Thunder Down Under Chats Podcast. See you later, folks. See you, Lloyd. Have a good trip. Bye. See you, buddy. Good night to all!